Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Hello, Talk Tennis listeners. Welcome to another episode. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Now, before we start, I did want to let you know about some of the amazing deals that we have going on across the world on our three separate websites. At Tennis Warehouse, you can get the Adidas Game Court for both men and women for just $39.94. They're super comfortable, light, and that's such a great value, especially for the recreational player. Plus, they look awesome on and off the court. So be sure to go grab that deal at TennisWarehouse.com. Then over in Tennis Warehouse Europe, right now they have select Nike AirZoom Vapor 10s priced under 80 euros. So go stock up at TennisWarehouseEurope.com. And in Australia, over at Tennis Only, the Wilson Pro Staff RF97 autograph, my personal racket of choice, is actually priced right now at $159. That is an insane deal. There aren't too many, so make some moves and go grab yours now. And you can find it at tennisonly.com.au. Now, this week's episode, I get to check in with one of our sponsored Team T-Dub players, and it's always fun chatting with them, and it's been really cool to connect with some of them during this quarantine time. They all have a great perspective and are enjoying some downtime, and in this episode, you get to hear how Jamie Loeb is handling quarantine life. So let's go talk some tennis. Okay, this New York native is not shy when it comes to her love for competing, Cardi B, and all the snacks. (laughs) She made history at the University of North Carolina, where she became the first freshman woman to win the Riviera ITA All-American and National Indoor Court Championships, and was also the first singles national champion at UNC. She made her U.S. Open debut in 2015 and has been navigating the ups and downs of life on the Pro Tour ever since. Welcome to Talk Tennis, Jamie Loeb. Thanks for having me. Of course. (laughs) Thanks for joining. Uh, First things first, I wanted to do like a mental health check-in with you and see how you're hanging in during this quarantine. Yeah, um, uh, I haven't lost my mind yet. I'm (laughs) trying to keep myself busy. I'm making little to-do lists, whether it's putting clothes away or writing something <laughs> down just to have it down um but yeah you know I'm doing my weekly grocery runs just being safe and keeping distance and getting what I need but yeah it's it's tough but I'm still I'm still sane have you experienced any like ebbs and flows mentally because like I know last week I was in a dark spot <laughs> and like cried Monday Tuesday and Wednesday oh, no. oh my god no but then, but then Thursday I like had a happy hour with some of my colleagues and friends and like it put me in such a good mood I've been riding that wave and now I'm like happy again <laughs> so good. have you had that at all um crazy enough I've been okay I've been pretty stable so that's, that's good that's good <laughs> That's pretty surprising for me, but uh, no, I've, I've been good. I've been, um, you know, I mean, I, I talk to my family every day, just catching up um, with my friends and um, FaceTiming and just, yeah, and also just fortunate enough to 
have warm weather here in uh in Orlando and just um you know I'll go on some walks outside and uh do a little workouts outside away from people but um at least I can have some nice sunshine and fresh air because I don't like to sit still yeah same (laughs) I know the feeling (laughs) well let's get into a little gear check then also I want to start with your iconic sunglasses so if anyone out there who's listening has ever watched you play I'm sure they saw you wearing sunglasses on the court talk about how that started and all of that yeah if anyone uh says anything about me everyone just knows me for my sunglasses like, yeah, like I remember you that little girl with those like sunglasses been wearing them since I was eight years old um oh I want to say my mom was the one that got me into wearing them like so she taught herself tennis and she always like wore her like big coach sunglasses when she played <laughs> um I always had these like wired small circular glasses up until I was like 15 and then my coach she was like okay you need legit sunglasses so that's when I got Oakley's so yeah my eyes are just used to it um I guess it's good for me in the future I mean uh, you know my eyes are protected and uh yeah. you know everyone talks about how they're squinting and I'm like well I'm here I have my sunglasses without them I'm oh my god I'm squinting and I feel blind but uh yeah, I I love them. I wear Oakleys. I've been wearing them since I was 15, 16, um, nice. somewhere around that. Yeah, and yeah, they're they're my signature look. I mean, you'll you'll catch me wearing them ninety five percent of the time. <laughs> the other five percent, I'm either indoors or it's about terrain. <laughs> yeah. And then let's talk about some racket stuff. Uh, many of our listeners can find themselves in a similar category as you, and they will admit that they are racket holics. <laughs> well, you're not alone. First of all. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely know um, another another player. I was just going to mention her name. I, I know there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of them. So you're not alone. But it was funny. I did consult with a teammate of yours yesterday, just saying, "Hey, I'm chatting with Jamie. Anything specific I should bring up?" And it was so funny because like everything she told me already was on my radar. But one of them was. I think she like said 273, 556,000 racket changes. <laughs> I never used to be like that. Just putting that out there. I think this started maybe like two or three years ago when I switched from Solenko to Yonix. Mm-hmm. And so in juniors, I played with Wilson. And mm-hmm. then um, halfway through my sophomore year, I switched to the Solenko racket. Loved it for a while. I mean, yeah. I still play with Solingo string now. Um, but then I switched midway through 2018, like April 2018 to Yonix, the red Yonix. And then um, I wanted to make a change this year because obviously that racket has been discontinued for a while. I wasn't a fan of the new red one. I tried so many rackets during preseason, asking you guys like what you think <laughs> and strings. I was asking Jason. I was like, all right, I, I need to know what should I be trying? And he's just yeah. rolling his eyes. And then <laughs> somehow wound up with the yellow arrow Babolat. Your arrow, yeah. Never in a million years thought I'd play with that racket I didn't think I I never even thought to even touch that racket but I played with it for a bit I was like okay I like this and I was getting Mm -hmm. good feedback and then but people that know me they were like what are you doing like you're not gonna last and I'm like no I'm gonna last I'm gonna prove it to you here I am back in the same situation as preseason not sure if I'm a fan of it anymore not sure meaning I am not a fan of it (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah back to square one it's 
a slippery slope when you're trying out rackets and you can't find something you love. And it's really tough because you're like, is it me? Is it the rack? Is it the string? Is it tension? You just drive yourself crazy. I mean, I'm driving myself crazy as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been hitting with the blue Yonex E-Zone for a bit. Okay. Once again, I really liked in the beginning and now I'm kind of over it. I just, I haven't found the racket that I just want to spend the rest of my life with. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to be married to my racket. I just want to have a successful relationship with my racket. No, That's all I'm looking for. And I haven't found that. Um, I think I'm going to try the new Solenko racket. I love Solenko. Those guys have been great to me. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been using their string. So, I'm like, you know what? Might as well try their new racket as well there's no competition right now. So I'm like, might as well just yeah. try it. Um, I have it here. You have a lot of time. Yeah, I have a lot of time. So that's like, honestly, the good thing about this break right now. I'm like, oh, hopefully by the end of it, I can find a racket that I will stick yeah. with for at least the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that, maybe you can describe your game a little bit to our audience and then also talk about what would the perfect racket look like? So I would say I'm an aggressive baseliner, but I do like coming to net. You guys may not see it often, but I do like to volley. You know, it just takes a little courage for me to get there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with the baseline. Um, definitely, I'm trying to use my slice a bit more, uh, come to net when I can. So I guess a mixture of trying to be more comfortable being an all-court uh, mm-hmm. player. But it's definitely there. The, the tools yeah. are definitely there. Yeah. <laughs> Got to put it together. My ideal racket, I would like something that, you know, gives me easy power, um, you know, easy to accelerate, um, but also good control, um, not feeling like, you know, is it, am I going to hit the fence? Am I going to bomb the net? So just having that trust with the racket and um, knowing where each ball is going to go. Cause I think sometimes with these rackets I've been trying out, like some will feel good, but then in certain positions, I don't necessarily trust it. Mm-hmm. So I would like to have that control factor, but with some easy power. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it sounded like, that you're getting too much power and the feeling's just not there. So yeah, I'm a big feel girl. Like I like the way things feel. I want it to feel good or feel a certain way. So yeah, that's what I'm looking for. That perfect feeling. If yeah. it even exists, I don't know. Hey, I mean, you'll know when you find it and then you got to hold on to that know. one. You'll know when you know, and then just ask the company to not change a thing ever with that racket that's the thing that's the tough part I feel like every year every two years like companies they just change the rackets or they just want to yeah they want to make some change because the old Yonix I I liked but then they totally changed it mm-hmm. and I wish they would be more consistent with the models yeah yeah I hear you and then let's talk a little string you use Selenko Hyper G correct yes 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 okay Cool. And uh, yeah. do you use, do you know what gauge you use? So since I switched the Babla Arrow, I was using 16L, but for the past three, four years, I've been using 17. Okay. Um, I might go back to that depending what racket I decide to. Yeah. Trying to get a little more control with the strings maybe. Yeah. In the but I, but I always liked 17 and I, well, maybe when I was younger, I played with 16 mm-hmm. um, when I was with Wilson and used their string, but with Solenko, I've mainly been 17. Nice. Okay, well, let's go to the very beginning. And let's talk about how tennis started for you. You mentioned your mom was a player and on the court a bunch. How did you get started in tennis? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, Someone told me or like, I don't know, a commentator said something that like my mom taught me tennis. And I was like, okay, she never coached me. No, (laughs) I'm just putting that out there. She never coached me. And she will admit to that. 
um, she taught herself. My my dad was more into baseball and softball. I mean, he knows a bunch about tennis and like has learned over the years. Uh, is really knowledgeable. But my mom taught herself. I'm the youngest of four, so my brothers and my sister grew up playing. And then by the time I was born, I was I basically had no choice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was I was literally propped up on the ping pong table when I was like before I could even walk, like my brothers nice. would hold me and my sister or someone would just like feed, or like my brother just like feed me uh, ping pong balls, just working that hand-eye coordination. Uh, so I started young and I started my, I played my first tournament when I was, I think almost eight years old. Little Mo was my first international tournament. I love that tournament. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So, so cute. Yeah, been, yeah, but I've been, I started playing then when I was three years old. So. Okay. So it's been a while. You've been in it. (laughs) And I am 25 now. (laughs) And did your brothers and sisters play at a high level also? Or were you the only one that kept pursuing? I'm the only one that has played professional, but my sister played for Wake Forest. Uh, My oldest brother, he played for Springfield College. Uh, My middle brother didn't play for college, but he, you know, he played when he was younger. So they all kind of kind of grew up like playing camps, playing with each other. And then because I'm the youngest by a lot. And then I came in and then I was like, okay, like, <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to put everything into Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now I read that you played a bit at the John McEnroe Academy. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Is it even a live-in academy or is it just something that you went during the day kind of thing? So, well, now I'm in Orlando, but um, I've moved here in, in December. But up until that point, I was living at home in New York and I started training at the John McEnroe Tennis Academy me when I was 15, uh, okay. 15, 16. And then I left probably when I was like 22, 23, something like that. But yeah, maybe 22. Um, so yeah, a decent amount of like the later part of my junior career. Okay. And college, I trained there. It's just uh, like, I mean, I live at home, like there's no like dorming or anything. It's just academy slash club. Um, they have like a high performance like program. And uh, at the time, there's a decent amount of players in New York that would go there. Uh, Noah Rubin and I, um, we, yeah, we trained there and I mean, Noah and I have known each other for ages, but yeah, we grew up, uh, practicing there and yeah, I'd spend most of my days training there, working out. And then, um, my mom would drive up until I, I don't know what age, but my mom would like drive like me back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah <laughs> it was like between like 45 minutes and an hour away. Wow dedication. (laughs) That's cool. I do want to talk about your college career. But since you brought it up, let's talk about that move to Florida. What made you decide to move to Florida? Are you working at the national campus? Talk to me about all that stuff. Yeah, it's definitely a tough decision because I'm really close to my family. Um, I love being in New York. I would train at the National Tennis Center there. And my Mm -hmm. old coach, Jay, who coached me when I was um, much younger, he's one of the national coaches there. So I'd go there as comfortable. I think you know, for me, I just needed to be out of my comfort zone a bit and have less distractions and be in a more controlled place. I mean, since I trained at the National Tennis Center in New York, my commute was a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to Randall's Island at the Mac and Rose is like averaging like an hour and 15, hour and 20 there and back every day. And, uh, you know, I just, it, yeah, it, it was a lot. And I just felt the resources in Florida and Orlando um, they're right there. I have everything in one place. My apartment's like five minutes from the court. So it's a lot, a lot more convenient and less uh, taxing. And, um, you know, in New York, sometimes I feel like I have to go and see a bunch of my friends or go to the city and hang out. And here it's basically just tennis, which 
can be lonely and tough at times because I don't have a whole lot of friends here. Everyone's back home in New York. So that's mm-hmm. like the toughest part for me. But from a tennis perspective, I'm able to dedicate more time and effort into my job. <laughs> so has your training increased any more since you've moved to Florida or just kind of feeling it out a little differently? I mean, and I guess you just moved. I mean, we really aren't that deep into the year. But before all this happened, you really didn't have that much time to acclimate. Yeah. Um, well, I did preseason here. I think maybe I'm training a, or I train a bit more. I think, I'm, I don't know, at this point in my career, I'm just trying to train smarter and not look mm-hmm. at numbers. Like I have to train four hours a day. Like if I had a really good practice for an hour and a half and like feel good and my coach was like, you know what, like that's good, then I'm happy about that. I think in the yeah. past I'm like, okay, I have to train four hours a day. And um but I think there's no like there's there's no number that anyone has to like achieve. Um right. So I I said quality over quantity. But uh yeah, I haven't had like a lot of time. I feel like I've been down here for a while because I've been stuck here <laughs> um, with the quarantine. But you know, I think uh, it's just like less stressful because I don't have to rush to go anywhere. I'm not sitting in traffic. Like it's pretty easy. I'll come back to my apartment for lunch. So um, it's a different routine, but it's definitely more relaxed and I'm not, you know, just, yeah, in the car for hours on end. Nice. That sounds, yeah. And probably a little bit better weather, I would assume. Ben, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the one thing I left out, yeah, the weather is much better. I'm outdoors. Um, I've yeah, barely been indoors. So that's nice. That's definitely another um, advantage. Cool. Now, how did you decide to go to the University of North Carolina? What did that process look like? Were you winning a ton of tournaments as a junior player? Were you considering going pro straight away? Or did you definitely know that you wanted to check out the college scene? How did that work? So initially, I did want to turn pro, Um, definitely had many talks with my family, and they weren't in a position where they can support me financially. And I mean, unfortunately, they're still not. But, you know, they made it clear that they wanted me to go to school. And I'm very grateful that I did. And I think that was the best decision. But you know, when you're young, and I did have a lot of success. And you know, I was like, okay, like, I want to do this. I think nowadays, players like, when they're 13, 14, they're like, okay, I want to turn pro. But like, I think maybe when I was 16, 17, that's when I was like, okay, like, I can do this. And, um, you know, I I definitely wanted to turn pro. But once again, unfortunate that um, I didn't right away, I did two years and then left after my sophomore year. But I didn't know where I wanted to go. I didn't want to go West Coast. So I knew where I didn't want to go. (laughs) I didn't have like a dream school where I was like, okay, this is where I want to be. Mm -hmm. But um, I just wanted to be somewhere where like, I got along with my teammates, love the coaches, like just a good environment for me to thrive in. And UNC was that school for me. Absolutely love the coaches there. My teammates are my best friends. And campus is beautiful. And I'm currently taking some online classes. So um, that's a plus. Um, So yeah, and my sister helped me through through that process because she ended up, uh, she played for Wake Forest and she knew a lot of the coaches. And she actually reached out to our assistant coach, Sarah Anninson, at the time. And we're like, hey, you're interested in Jamie. And they, they had no idea. And they had like one spot left. And they were talking to two, like two other girls were kind of like fighting for that spot. And then I kind of like swooped in (laughs) (laughs) and I ended up taking it. So sorry, but uh, it definitely worked out. Yeah, that's crazy. That's really cool. And what you studied back then, is that what you're still studying now? 
<laughs> just like my rackets, I've changed my major a bunch of times. <laughs> Seems like a common theme. Um, so when I was in school, I wanted to do um, sport management, but then I realized I didn't want to do the business side. Like I want to be more interactive. Like I don't want to be a director or an agent. Who knows? Maybe in the future, but not really mm-hmm. wanted what I wanted to do. Then I switched it to like public relations, advertising, journalism, but then I figured that might be a little difficult to do, like to complete that as I'm on the road because UNC only allows you to take a certain amount of online classes. And then after that, you have to do it on campus. And at the time I already took a few uh, communications classes. So I'm sticking with that major uh, communications and eventually I want to do some sort of like sports marketing. Like that's definitely up my alley and I don't know maybe some commentating in the future I've done it uh, a little bit for usopen.org one summer and that's a lot of fun that's awesome now talk about the transition from college to the pros you had obviously two amazing years in college how did you make that decision to go into the pros and were you scared that you made the wrong decision (laughs) did you miss your teammates (laughs) all of the above Um, (laughs) it was bittersweet when I won NCAAs my sophomore year because I was like Oh, <laughs> sorry, Brian. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I, I kind of told myself, like, if I win NCAAs and I get a wild card to do this open, like, I will turn pro. And it wasn't until that summer where I got the wild card where I was like, okay, like, I'm going to turn pro. And obviously, Brian understood. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm always welcome to come back there. And, it's you know, we have such a great relationship. But yeah, it was, it was scary. I think at first I was like, okay, like I know how this is going to be. I've played pro tournaments before. Like I've been in this situation, but it is way harder than what it looks or what it seems. Um, and also when I started my pro career, I was a bit injured. So after US Open, I basically took the majority of that fall off because I ended up having a stress reaction in my back. Mm-hmm. So, and that was like my first legit injury as well. So a lot of things, a lot of new things at once, a lot of changes. And then I was kind of second guessing myself, like I'm injured. Should I just stay in school? Like, did I write the, make the right decision? And then, you know, when I came back, I like lost a bunch of matches, had no confidence. And then all of a sudden I won matches, um, <laughs> which was great. Um, it's crazy how that happens, but uh, it was tough. Yeah. The beginning was rough and I'm not saying it doesn't really get any easier you go through a roller coaster throughout the year Um, it's not guaranteed that even though you had a good training block or you're feeling good in practice that you're necessarily going to do well in the tournament so there's a lot of unknowns and Mm -hmm. um, I kind of struggled with it because in juniors I was really dominant college I was dominant and yeah most of my life I really wasn't used to losing consecutive matches on a weekly monthly basis and that was really hard for me to take in and handle and I think it's maybe taken me up until like a couple of years ago or a year ago where I really like became okay with it and realized like this is the reality uh so that was definitely um, a transition for me. Yeah, I know. I've talked to Bethany Maddox-Sands about stuff like that. And even Noah has talked about like most players that are pro aren't used to losing consistently until they turn pro. And then it's like, if you come out of a tournament not losing for one week, that's amazing. And it might not happen again that year. <laughs> yeah. And then guess what? After that, you have another tournament to play the week <laughs> yeah. after. So you can't even soak it in. Like, it's just such a quick turnaround and that's a hard that's like one of the hardest things too like you have to be ready each week and you have one bad week next 
after you lose next day, like you have to go back on the practice court and yeah. keep working. And it's, it's tough. It's tough to keep motivated throughout the year, especially when you're not doing well. And I've had lapses where I'm losing. Uh, I, I've lost, I think the most was nine matches in a row. Um, and that's really tough. And it's tough to kind of like face that and then be like, well, am I, am I going to win again? And, um, you know, confidence, confidence is a huge thing, but it really does take one match, one tournament. I know it's cliche and sometimes you just don't know. And it comes when you least expect it, but you just got to be prepared for it. Yeah. Now, how did you feel going into this quarantine? How did you feel your game was? Where were you mentally and physically and competition wise? I thought I, thought I was on the right track. I thought I was piecing things together. I know the last match I played in Newport, I had um, a bunch of chances. Um, I lost to Kriminara, but I was a little bummed about that because I just felt I was right there and that was, that was my match for the taking and I had it mm-hmm. and uh, it slipped away and you know I was kind of like ready to like get out there and play again and then this happened so it's definitely uh it's been tough I'm a routine oriented person and I like having my daily routine that's why I've been writing things down or writing to do list <laughs> just to you know my check mind off. <laughs> yes yeah. I like checking I things off I love it so yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Love it. But um, that's why I'm just trying to do things each day to make sure like I'm not behind too much whenever we do come back mm-hmm. um, physically, mentally, just staying in a good, healthy routine. Yeah, I can imagine it's tough because for a preseason, you guys have your amounted a lot of time, you know, when when it starts, you know, when it ends, you know, when your first tournament back is going to be right now, we're still kind of in limbo, I guess, July right now is the earliest that I'm hearing. I don't know, you might have heard something. Yeah, that's what I've heard. But like, personally, I don't see that being realistic. Um, Yeah, I, I it's, that's the thing. And I think as tennis players, especially me, like we're used to having a schedule or, you know, we're pretty flexible with our schedules because a lot of time it changes, especially when you're not ranked, say like top hundred, top mm-hmm. 150, uh, where I am. So like, you know, I'm like 280 and I, that's another thing I've learned to just be adaptable to schedules and flexible. Things don't work out the way uh, they're supposed to, or you want it to, and just being willing to change and okay, being okay with that. But right now, just from week to week, things change, and you just don't know. And um, it, it's tough. We've never had, I think, like a few months long of just nothing or practice. Like, you know, not not everyone is able to practice and mm-hmm. um, or has a court in their backyard, so it's tough to just plan out. Okay, like what am I going to do tomorrow? Like, and also you don't want to put yourself out during this time because mm-hmm. eventually we will come back. And then you don't want to look back and say, well, I wish I was taking more time off when I could, or, you know, just using this time wisely. I'm not saying just, you know, sit on your couch all day long, every single day, but <laughs> definitely like I've learned to just be like, Jamie, like you need to just chill for a day. It, it's tough because I like to do things. I'm used to going from place to place Maybe it's the New Yorker and me. Um, <laughs> so I'm just learning how to balance out my all my, my days. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then I have to bring it up. Um, There's been a lot of chatter about players ranked outside of the top 100 and how they're getting by. And, you know, the whole country obviously right now is in a tough spot. There's a lot of people that are unemployed, but tennis players do not have a lot to fall back on during this time. So are you navigating that in any special way? Are you like, how's, how's it going with you? (laughs) Yeah. So me being a planner, I'm always looking ahead. I'm always trying to, you know, make sure I'm okay. Um, in all aspects and luckily financially I'm fine right now. Um, I got a grant last year from Oracle, which has definitely helped me. And especially this time, like at least I have money left over, I can just Mm -hmm. save up and just use it if um, I need to and definitely have expenses now. Um, But I'm okay right now. And since we're not able to play, I've been taking online classes through UNC. And I'm actually going to be taking for the summer and uh, for two for summer one, two for summer two. And I'm really looking forward to that because for me, I believe in education and I always tell people like, I still want to get my degree. I want to get through UNC. Like I'm going to do this. It's going to be difficult because at some point I'm going to have to physically be on campus. Mm -hmm. But right now they're still doing remote learning. So at least I can um, do that through, you know, my computer in uh, Orlando. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. And that's just a goal. So I'm glad I have some sort some sort of goal to work towards in the meantime yeah. when uh when tennis is kind of unknown. I like that. That's awesome. Let's talk about the worst day of your career. <laughs> Sorry as I laugh, but <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Taking a turn. Tell me about it. I I've definitely had many lows. I think the lowest point, which it's crazy because sometimes I forget this even happened. So I think I just blocked it out of mm-hmm. my mind completely. Yeah. Was I went from Japan to Strasbourg last year, okay. 2019. Um, I was coming back from an injury. So I decided to go play a bunch of tournaments in Japan on the synthetic grass carpet instead of playing on clay, which I will never do again because I just don't know how to move on that carpet. It was just, it was a weird surface for me. Lesson learned. So I ended up getting into qualities of Strasbourg and I lost first round. This was probably match number. Yeah, I lost eight matches in a row last year, like during this time, which is another reason why I'm bummed for this quarantine to happen because I was like, oh, (laughs) at least I can get points now, but I can't. Yeah. Um, So I went to Strasbourg and I was not in a good mental space then. Like, I was kind of burnt out. I was just really, you know, I had no confidence, like really upset, just not feeling good, not enjoying tennis at all. But I was like, you know what, this opportunity, let's, let's see how it goes. Mm -hmm. I lost one in one to a girl. I, I don't know. I don't know who she is. Like I've never played her before. Never heard of her. Thought it was a good opportunity. And, um, I lost one in one probably in like 50 or so minutes. And at 3-0, I was down 3-0 in the first set. And on the changeover, this has never happened before. Like, I think I was wearing my sunglasses. I think I started tearing up because I just, I wanted to get off the court. Like, I just wanted to be off the court. Yeah. And that's not me. I'm very motivated, determined. Like, I love to compete. I'm super passionate. Like, I love to play. And I knew things were not good and I was not in a good headspace when I was just thinking of ways I can just like, I like, I'm just thinking of like after the match, like yeah. obviously didn't tank, but I just, I, I mentally like I wasn't fully there yeah. and just kind of like 
playing to play, but with no real fight or purpose. And that's when I realized that I need to take a step back. Like I need to reevaluate. Like this isn't me. Like I've never felt like this before. And that was really tough because I I just didn't know. I'm like, is it like, what is it? Mm -hmm. You know, what's causing this? Like, yeah, because I I never felt that way before about tennis. Like this is like tennis is a crucial uh, part of my life and uh, something I love to do. And, um, you know, it's not like I was being forced to play the tournament. I wanted to play it, but then I got on court and I just, I just was miserable. And just, I think leading up to it too, like I was just not happy. And then that was like the breaking point of it. And yeah. And then I just went home after that. I think I went home and then I went to England for a couple of weeks and then went back home again and then (laughs) went back to England when I got into Wimbledon qualies. So I wish I took a bit of a break. I told myself I was going to, and I didn't necessarily, but that's when I was trying to reevaluate and reassess things and see what will get me back to me being me. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to ask how you kind of reset from that. Was that maybe when you started thinking about moving to Florida or was that already maybe already in your head or did you kind of, cause like, I know, I know the exact feeling that you're talking about, but I know also for me, like if I were then like, oh, Wimbledon qualifying, that would be enough to like excite me and get me out mm-hmm. of it. But maybe I didn't deal with the issue that I needed to deal with and it would come back up. It was definitely a band-aid. Like, so I got the Oracle money in, um, I got the grant in March. And I think like I was injured from like February to like April and then like came back like towards the end of April. Mm-hmm. And I think I just wasn't being real with myself and like the situations and accepting of things. And I was really hard on myself too. when I was coming back and just like lost a lot of confidence and like on court, like I was struggling. And I think it just all kept like piling up, up, piling up. Yeah. And then I think, you know, I like just got into Wimbledon quality. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go and like give this another go. And I was better there. Um, I was a little bit better, but still not great. And then I, I started talking to a sports psychologist a bit. And then um, during that time to my long-term coach and I, like we stopped working with each other because we just felt like, mm. you know, just we, we worked with each other for like, I think almost seven years and just like, it just kind of ran its course and, you know, we're, we're still like really close, but yeah. And I, I think that was just really tough yeah. for me as well. Cause you know, like, I, I don't go through coaches, like I, um, I'd like to say that I'm pretty loyal. And I like to develop like trust in people. So like, that mm-hmm. was like, really tough for me. But it was like, it was mutual. Yeah. Um. So there is that. And yeah, I think how like talking to a sports psychologist just helped me get my thoughts out there and help me organize like, what's next. And um, yeah, and I think I've learned a lot about myself since and each day, I'm just trying to um, be aware of like how I'm feeling and, um, just making sure that I'm happy. Like that's number one. I think winning and losing defines a lot of us and we get caught up in that. And I'm just, just trying to be happy in all aspects of my life. And, um, especially during this time too, like I'm just trying to plan for the future too, like taking classes. Like I find that's really valuable and something that I want to do. So, 
I like having a backup plan. And I think just knowing that, that just, yeah, that's just something that's important to me and just kind of keeps me going as well and uh, makes me happy. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, let's transition to the best day of your career so far. I'm sure there's many more to come, but let's talk about the good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, definitely winning NCAAs. That was something I um, sought out to do. Mm -hmm. And that was, uh, yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) Winning NCAAs, I think playing uh, Vera's Vanareva beating her at the U.S. Open second round of qualies in 2017, 18, okay. 18, and, uh, 2017. I think 2017, I forgot. But that was just like the most like exhilarating match I've ever played in my life and like the biggest crowd I've ever gotten at the U.S. Open. And it was just, I don't know, like <laughs> I kind of get myself <laughs> thinking about it because awesome. it was an incredible match. It was a three-hour and 20-minute match. And just being I've never played in like a like fully packed place like I was on like one of the, like the side courts but still like there was not mm-hmm. a seat that like wasn't taken and people were just standing and it was just awesome just like my home uh, my home crowd and everything and uh I guess I didn't realize obviously I knew she was a very top player and she had she amazing accomplishments but I guess I didn't know like her former rankings and <laughs> um you know titles and whatnot and I'm glad I didn't know that before yeah. so like people afterwards like oh my god that's amazing when I'm like yeah like that's really good and then I was like why like why are people making a big deal about this so then I looked <laughs> it up I'm like oh my god Jamie you just did an amazing thing yeah so uh <laughs> yeah that that was such an incredible match that's awesome. I love it. Okay, let's talk about something off the court. You love music. You love Cardi B. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> I feel like, like, I don't know you that well, but like, even just hearing Cardi B, I automatically think of you. <laughs> you are not the first person to say that. I'm probably not the last, but thank you so much. <laughs> like, that means the biggest a lot. compliment. <laughs> Uh, tell is, us, tell me, tell me about your love for music. And it seems like you're like into the hip hop and like, yeah. <laughs> talk to me about this. Yeah. So I, I love Cardi B. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, my, my sister and I, uh, have been watching her and following her since she was on love and hip hop. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, she's just, she's so authentic. She, she doesn't care what other people yeah. think. She'll say what's on her mind. Sometimes it's not appropriate, but got a lover for it. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it, I, it it would be fun just to, to interact with her. I think it would just be really funny. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I I love her music, and she's just yeah, she's just someone that's like really entertaining on a daily <laughs> basis. That's fun. Do you have any like up and coming musicians or artists that you are like starting to obsess over? <laughs> um, so I do, I do love uh, rap, hip hop. I do love like some like mainstream like dance, pop music, but like mm-hmm. mainly the the hip hop. But uh, she's not up and coming. She's more established now. But like I feel like Megan The Stallion. I don't know. You you might know her. You probably know her. Um, she I don't know. But just, I'm not anyways. that cool. <laughs> okay. Well after this you listen to her music <laughs> and then you'll think of me she's kind of like a mini cardi just like okay. her music it, it's just really catchy and uh it gets me fired up 
Um, I have to do a quick side story. We all were out in the desert right before all this happened. And one day, Tiafo came to shoot with us. And he, so he, uh, we asked him what playlist to play on Spotify. And there's a Get Turned playlist. I don't know if you came the day before or the day after, but it's been like a lot of our soundtrack ever since. Like the rest of the trip, it was like, okay, turn on Get Turned. I have that playlist, so yeah. It's good. <laughs> it is. It gets me going. It, it gets me it's going. It's actually one of like my workout playlists. I was going to say, it's good for a workout, so <laughs> nice. Okay, let's do some fun little questions. Um, what is your signature shot on the court? Ooh, um, let's say backhand online. Okay. I have another quick side story. The first time it. I ever saw you compete, I don't know if it was two or three years ago now at the Templeton uh, 60K, but you you got to the finals. Was that? Yes. Yes. Okay. I lost to Sasha Vickery in the final. Okay. I watched you play your semis against, who was it? Taylor. Yes. Taylor. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And this shot that I kind of started hitting just after watching you because like I absorbed it mentally. Oh, oh, actually, I know my favorite shot, but continue, continue. Okay. Well, I was going to say it's like the forehand on the run. You're like, off the court. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. As you were telling the story, I was like, wait a second. No, no, no. That is, yeah. On the I run. Could, like, even forehand. See, like, yeah. Yeah. Forehand squash shot. I never practiced that, but somehow have developed that into my repertoire. So if anyone yeah. asks me how to hit it, I don't know. I just do it. Um, but yes, I, I'm going to change my answer. Yeah. On the run, forehand, slash shot. Very nice. specific. Yeah. Yeah. You were playing. You had a great tournament. It was fun to watch. It was good tennis for sure. Good times. What is your coffee order? Uh, fun fact. I don't like coffee. Okay. I always so, wonder. Yeah. <laughs> I like tea. I'll, I'll okay. drink tea, not on a regular basis, but coffee, I just do not like the, ta- the taste of it at all. That's okay. Um, mm-hmm. Favorite emoji? Ooh. <laughs> my phone. Um, either the like <laughs> laughing, crying one or the the one with the like the smiley face with like the sunglasses because like oh yeah that's me <laughs> right <laughs> of course oh I was gonna ask this earlier and I was dying the other day how are your nails doing in quarantine <laughs> oh my god well nobody can see this right now but they're pretty bad last night I was just like I was trying to file them because I'm like they're just so uneven and I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with them I don't even know what shape I want like they're just they're not really growing just all the times I've done SNS and gel, like, yeah, it really messes up your nails. It looks great when you keep it on, but in times like this where you can't have it, it's a tough time. I'm it's feeling for all the girls. I'm feeling for all the girls out there. You know, we're going through a tough time here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you posted the other day about the nail situation and I sent it to my sister and she was like, she gets it. Like, she gets it. And yeah. follow up on that, she ordered a dip nail kit oh I don't know if I'm that good to do it myself I'm I don't know like, my left hand like my nails are like stubs and then like my right they're like kind of growing so I need to get them on the same page here yeah I feel yeah uh what's your best day off look like since we were talking about nails. oh my god my best day yeah well <laughs> spoiler alert best day off sleep into like nine um I don't know if that's really sleeping in and uh, make some breakfast then go get my nails done manicure pedicure then get a facial and then two-hour massage 
Oh. <laughs> yes. The longest I've gone is two and a half and that's been incredible. Um, and sometimes I fall asleep. So, and then, yeah, hang out with my, my dog, with my family back in New York and just kind of nice. hang out. Yeah. So pampering and just being with my family. Nice. Good answer. Um, who was your favorite player growing up? Kim Kleisters. Nice. I hope she stays. Yeah, I was just going to say, I wonder if she still comes back. Yeah, that's the thing with tennis and just sports in general, like being postponed. I'm just curious if players and athletes, if they're going to retire sooner or mm-hmm. if they're just going to wait it out. Like, how does that affect them? Because you just don't know, like, how long this is going to last for and what things are going to look like after. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I I was so excited. Like, I, I still fangirl over her. And I was so excited when she came back. And I'm like, oh my God, that'd be a dream if I can just be on the same court as her. And then plus yeah. we wear Fila. So like, yeah. we're kind of connected there. <laughs> totally. Um, who is a player on tour that you look up to? Um, well, she just retired, but I always loved Caroline Wozniacki. I think just on and off the court, she's such a nice person. Mm-hmm. She's nice to everyone, like no matter ranking, where you're from, anything. Like she's just super nice and I actually you know I got to play her my US Open or my pro debut and that was just incredible to just be on the same court as her and um you know she was just really gracious and you know said some really nice things about me afterwards and um yeah and then when I'd see her at you know other WTAs like she would talk and she's super friendly and I think you know she's a genuine person and like you don't see that all the time or like especially the top top players even just interacting with some of the lower ranked one so you know it was really nice that she you know went out of her way but just like shows what a good person she is as well as a great player yeah she's awesome um she's been a little active on instagram lately and i know she popped into someone's live oh i was watching a live the other day from i can never pronounce her name isla tomlanovich yeah and, and yeah and renee stubbs and she popped in and they were harassing her like Aww. in a good friendly way but it was so yeah. funny because yeah, she's still like, to do one of uh caroline's workouts because she's like yeah. been posting them as well and she like she has such an amazing body i'm like she's insane I know and that's and what they were saying. They were like, you have all this candy and then you like show up jump roping with a six pack. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think she's going to run the New York marathon again this year. If and when it happens. It happens. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, then here's a fun one. What's your favorite food? And fun fact, I know your dad has a business that you've been plugging, which Ooh, is kind of cool. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, funny enough, how ironic. So, I've been trying to be more plant based for like the past month. And um, mm-hmm. my dad, he, he's had his business for um, over 40 years now. He's a wholesale uh, meat purveyor. So yeah, so basically he he sells meat like typically like he'll go he's based out of um Westchester, New York, and he'll go and he'll sell um throughout like all the restaurants in Connecticut, you know, in the city and Westchester and some in Jersey. But since all the restaurants are shut down, um my siblings and I we've you know, I've been in charge of his Instagram account and nice. uh, you know, he's been doing home deliveries during this time, like all sorts of like you know, meat products, chicken, whatever, um, and delivering that to people's houses since, you know, a lot of people aren't going to grocery stores and are looking for ways to just stay home. And, you know, I think this is like a great time to like, you know, for him to do that. 
And uh, yeah, you know, I've just been trying to help them out because, you know, nice. I got to support local and support yeah. like small businesses. And uh, yeah, I think it's a great idea. And it's funny because I don't really eat meat <laughs> that much anymore, but I love you, dad, and I'll always support you. But yeah, okay. So my go-to meal, I'm crazy to say this, but I absolutely love salad. And I'm putting <laughs> that out there and you guys can judge me, hate me, whatever, call me a liar, but... <laughs> If you know me, I truly love salads. The whole food salad bar is like my favorite thing someday. I love like creating, there's nothing, there's like, I don't know, there's, it's like one of the best feelings in the world for me to just create my own salad. I love it. Nice. I get it. And then and I, well, in my salad, I have yeah. to have avocado. <laughs> that's a staple. Okay. <laughs> that is part of my, that's part of my um, daily eating routine. <laughs> Well, and I was going to ask you, because you are like the snack queen, <laughs> what is your favorite quarantine snack of the moment? I need to lay off the snacks. It's, <laughs> the snacks are attacking me. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. But every time I go into Trader Joe's, like, I just can't resist. Like, I literally need someone to stop me. It's bad. Um, <laughs> trail mix. I love trail mix. Just, yeah, you know. Any kind. Really yeah. A little Raven. sweet and savory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get I it. That. Or like dark chocolate almonds, like just a little mix. But my my big thing is I'm not great on um, portion control. So I'll finish <laughs> a bag of Trail Mix in one sitting. I feel you. You're not alone. <laughs> I like have to like throw it away or throw it out the window or get rid of yeah. it somehow. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Last question. What legacy do you want to leave behind? Um, I mean, I just, you know, I've, I don't want to be known just for Jamie Loeb, like the tennis player or Mm -hmm. whatever my ranking is. Like, I don't want to be defined as that. Like I want to be known as like, you know, for who I am and like what I stand for. And I feel, um, you know, I always want to help people. I care um, strongly, especially about my, you know, my friends, my family, like I always want to help and I'll do anything to help. So I don't know. I just want to be known for that. And just someone who's like always there and uh, you know, can come to, can talk to, can just, I don't know, just like, I want to be known for like me as a person instead of like my results. Cause I think mm-hmm. that is, um, is more important. And, you know, I value people that have, you know, just have good qualities and, um, come from a good place. And that's kind of like the person I strive to be every day. And, uh, just want to make my parents proud. Um, you know, yeah, no, you know, I, I love them and they've, you know, sacrificed a lot for me. So I just want to continue to be the best version of myself that I can be and then help whoever I can. And, um, however I can, when I can, if I can, um, just, yeah, just the simple things like even, you know, just writing a nice text to someone like I, you know, I value that. And I just, I just want to, do good for yeah. the world in any way I can. That's great. And I think you're doing a great job. And anyone that I talk to that knows you has nothing but good things to say. So Aww. you're on the right <laughs> path, lady. <laughs> and Ending with some positivity. Of course. I was going to say, actually, that has been a question I've been asking a lot of my colleagues. What mm-hmm. positive things have come out of this time for you? Um, I think just doing a lot of self-exploration and understanding myself. I think I do have a good idea of my likes, dislikes and how I react to things, but just being even more aware of it. And I think in this time too, just seeing like who your real friends are and just like making sure like I'm connecting with them and um, Mm -hmm. you know, it goes both ways and it's kind of interesting just to like see that dynamic during this time. And yeah, I just 
yeah, I just want to, you know, yeah. make sure I uh, stay connected with my loved ones. Definitely. And then with that, how can people connect with you? Where can they follow you on Instagram Ooh, and all of that? Good transition. Uh, yeah, you can <laughs> follow me at jlobe308. The 308 is my birthday, March 8th. Everyone always asks why. Um, so <laughs> you'll never forget. Uh, yeah, jlobe308 on Twitter, Instagram, I guess Snapchat, but I don't really use that as much. Um, but yeah, you'll you'll see a lot of um, fun content, hopefully. and. Um, probably a bunch of Cardi B rapping yeah. <laughs> Insta stories and snacks, you know, yeah. I, I don't break character. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I think that wraps it up. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Michelle, for having me. I love this. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you have any questions, drop us a note or send us an email at podcast at tennis-warehouse.com. And thanks so much for rating and reviewing this podcast wherever you download your episodes. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and happy hitting.